Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Chris Dupre. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. Good morning. Hey, that last announcement um, will really uh, come in handy next week. It's, it's, it's going to be packed. So if you get in here and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you are on the end and you can, you can move in, I know what it's like if you're an end row person. You hold that seat like it's Hamburger Hill. Um, <clears throat> some will not understand what that means, but some of the ones with gray hair totally get it. Uh, <clears throat> you will fight off rabid dogs to stay at the end seat. Because, you know, you, you will get up during the sermon. Or during the sermon, you won't. But you think you will. So therefore, I must have this seat. So um, if you can't move in, that'd be, that would be awesome. Um, I do have uh, a, little, a, a little personal thing here. Well, by the way, if you've, you've come in, uh, we have a small group expo out there, the different groups, and I just want to encourage you to, to linger... Didn't we just do this a couple months ago? Yes. Yes, and we'll do this again a couple months from now because we want you to be involved. We want you to not think of church as I sit in a room and have a service. That's not what this is about. Uh, This is just about growing together in unity and growing together in love, growing together with one another. You can just do the one another scriptures in the New Testament. There are so many of them. Uh, so I really want to encourage you to, to get involved that way. But the other thing that's kind of more personal on my part was a big thank you. Pastor Appreciation Month was uh, October. Uh, I've never been anywhere where they actually celebrated Pastor Appreciation Month. <laughs> so it was kind of nice to get some cards. And so I took the cards home uh, the first Sunday there in November when we I got an envelope and, and took the card to me. Just some people said some very sweet things. I just want to thank you. And some people actually, uh, two or three, put, put some cash in there, which was wonderful. So thank you very much. Uh, the, the problem was, I know, what's, what could there, there be a problem with that? Well, here's the problem, was that my, at the time, four-year-old granddaughter was sitting on my lap as I'm going through things. And she just thought, wow, Dad, this is amazing. Or, I'm Papa. Papa, this is so fun. And I'm reading the things, and she's saying, yeah, yeah, it's good. And then um, I had left a little bit of the money out of an envelope because I was going to go back and make sure I wrote down who had what money from what envelope. And then she pulled all the money out. She goes, look at Papa, you have money. <laughs> and I went, no, because <laughs> there's 15, 20 envelopes. And there's like five bills. And it's like, I don't know where they go. So thank you to those that put it in. <laughs> um, it, was, it was very helpful, especially at this time of year. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, and if you didn't put anything in, I just want to talk to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, anybody got your shopping done? Who has their shopping done? Wow, seven of you. Okay, Uh, who waits till the last day? Raise your hand. (laughs) Eighty of you. Okay, (laughs) this is sad. (laughs) Um, How many of you, (laughs) okay, put your hands up if you wait till the last minute. Go ahead, let me see your hands. Okay, women, put your hands down. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> well, it is the most wonderful time of the year. <clears throat> Here's another thing. I, I just, off the top of my head, <laughs> I know it's, it's a very dangerous place up here. <laughs> my wife, 45 years later, I, said, I don't really know what he's going to say next. Um, <clears throat> if I hear a song in April, song on the radio, if I hear a song, and then I hear that song later in the day. It's kind of like, I've already heard that song. But at Christmas time, you hear the same song 10 times a day, and you don't mind. It's the most wonderful. And Andy Williams is singing. 
And, and then Amy Grant is singing the exact same song right after that. And it's okay. I, I don't know what that dynamic is, but you get into a season, and then you can live in the songs of that season. Right? Okay. I want to encourage you to come live in the songs of the kingdom and not think, wow, I just heard that. I just heard him say that, uh, you know, they sang over and over again about the fact that he loved me first and so I love him. Well, that gets a little boring after a while. Well, let me tell you something. Walk through Target for two hours. You will hear the same. It, the loop will take place if you're there long enough. So I just want to encourage you. The songs of the kingdom, which are the songs of the word of God being sung, being spoken. Don't ever get tired of them. Don't ever get tired of them. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you. I hire them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever going to go out and preach somewhere, just bring Caleb and Bethany. <laughs> you will feel great. <laughs> See? See? That was a worthless throwaway line, and I got a whoop out of it. So, <clears throat> Okay. <clears throat> I worked in a fitness club years ago. <laughs> I know. Some of you may go, seriously? Seriously? What did you do? The bookkeeping in the back? <laughs> no, I was once fit. Uh, I don't have fourths, but I do have seconds. And... <laughs> I do mean years ago, by the way. It was 1981 when everything was in black and white. <clears throat> and uh, when January rolled around, oh, man, the place was packed. <laughs> it was packed. I mean, January 1st, you signed up anyone. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're, you're, you're dead. That's okay. I'm going to join anyway. It didn't matter where they were in life, how old they were, young, old, et cetera. They just, they came in. And if, it, I, my salary wasn't this way, but a couple of people, were, you know, their salary was the number that they sign up. And so they loved January because they made a ton of money because everybody and their brother signed up. <clears throat> and people are working out. And in January, the health club was a zoo. Uh, in February, it began to slow down a little bit. And by March 1st, there was no one but the regulars from December. Um, <clears throat> it pretty much returned back to normal. And uh, the New Year's resolutions that people had made um, weren't resolutions at all. Um, they were hopes and dreams. Um, I call resolutions promises. Promises to myself. A New Year's resolution becomes a promise to myself. And... Uh, I loved uh, what Philip was, was saying here this morning, um, just about how sometimes we see ourselves and what goes on and, and the whisper that the enemy may have to ourselves, I'm going to change, I'm going to do this thing, this resolution that we make, this promise that we make to ourselves, <clears throat> that sometimes uh, because of life situations, pain, uh, boredom, um, you, you name it, we, we don't fulfill the promise we made to ourselves. And so we kind of live in this little bit of guilt. Uh, but one of the things that we live in is if another human being besides ourselves breaks a promise. And now we, we live with the idea that if someone promises or says something to us, um, it's possible it'll happen. Uh, if I went through the litany of, of things that went on, uh, in my life of things that were promised. Can I give you a, a, just a snapshot? Is that okay? You okay? No, okay, no. Yeah, never mind. Forget it. It's, I don't care about you. No. I'm going to anyway, because I got the mic. Um, <clears throat> so in, in 1992, 91, uh, Hosanna Integrity came and said, we'd like you to do an album. I said, yes. I'd love it. I'd love to do that. Thank you. And then in 92, I moved to Kansas City, and I was in a vineyard church. So uh, I, I was told, I'm sorry, we're Hosanna, Hosanna Music, our, our competition. They used a different word, but the reality was our competition is the vineyard and their music, so we won't be doing that with you. I said, oh, 
Okay, I didn't realize that because I was in another church that had a difference of music, uh, I would still like to do it. And they said, no, no, no. So I'm mowing the yard one day, <coughs> and Chris Wimber, who's John Wimber's son, he calls and he goes, hi, I'm Chris Wimber. I don't know if you know who I am. I said, yeah, I know who you are. Um, we would like you to do a vineyard CD. I said, yes. I love the vineyard. I love their music. I'm going to go do that. And when would you like to do that? He says, well, we want to get going on that right away. And we've got your songs picked. If you've got a couple you want to add to it, but this is great. And so the next day I, I go to church and I told the, the pastor, who was a vineyard pastor, I said, hey, um, <laughs> I just got a call from Chris Wimber and they want me to do a vineyard CD. This is great. And he looked at me like, I'm so sorry. You ever had that, that look like, oh, you poor thing? I said, well, what's going on? He goes, we just had a meeting with the elders last night. We're leaving the Vineyard Church. I love the Vineyard, by the way. If you're watching and you're part of one, awesome. It's beautiful. And so then I got involved elsewhere, and I was signed to do the first recording under a new label. And then I came in and signed it, and then they called me in, and I said, hey, what's going on? Um, we just wanted to tell you that we're redirecting that money to someone else. And in front of me, they ripped up my contract. These are lovely Christians who are dear friends still. And I'm going, oh, God. Um, do you ever have a day like this? Am I the only one that, you know, it, it, somebody said failure to launch? <laughs> you know, so they, they apologized profusely after that. Now I'm putting some time in between. A, and so they, they brought me in and said, I'm so sorry. Would you sign this other contract? We want to get you and get this done. This would be so great. I said, thank you very much. And then I got a call a few weeks later. Would you come in? They said, well, we think right now this person's really hot and their music is really hot. So... <laughs> And you begin to think, okay, I know people don't follow through, but then after a while, you wonder, what about the promise from God? Is, is he going to do the same thing? Is he going to rip up my contract? Is he going to call me in? Yeah. So how do we handle? I know this is Christmas season. Follow me here. James, or Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read some here. Catch your Bible. Take it out. If you got your phone, take it out. But don't text. Don't sit and text. No, it's a, it was a joke. Don't drive and never mind. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> is Tony here today? I don't see Tony. Tony's not here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tony likes to tell me after I preach, he goes, you know, when you start, I don't really know where you're going. <laughs> but it all comes together in the end. So I hang on till the end. So just hang on there. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 5. I love, by the way, when the word of God is read from here. I just absolutely love it. Matter of fact, sometimes I would just like to get up and read entire chapters, you know, one chapter here, an entire proverb Go over here and read a whole psalm and then say, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division uh, of Ab Abjah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the customs of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand, right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Yes, yes. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, 
You shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away many of the children of Israel. He will turn many of them. Yeah. But then he'll draw them back to the Lord their God. You have to understand the Greek here. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I love this. That's just, he hears the angel. And, and what a promise. Your barren wife, your elderly barren wife will conceive. That is just an incredible promise for someone who has never had children, wanted them, I'm sure, desperately all their life. And this one little part in verse 14, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. You will have joy and gladness. Wow. Wouldn't it be great if the Lord just came to, by the way, I'm going to do something, and you are going to be so glad. You're going to have so much joy, you're not going to be able to contain it. And, and, and you would say, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be joyful. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, I, you all would say, I, I want it. What do, you, what do you have, Lord? It sounds absolutely reasonable. How can my old wife, and then he says in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? I'm an old man. My wife is well advanced in years. It seems like a reasonable question. The thing is, this particular angel, he's got a lot going on. And he's not just hearing what sounds good, he's hearing what's being said. There's two different things. We can, on a regular basis, say the thing that sounds good. I've had to learn over the years when someone, you know, well, <laughs> if you're married and you ask your wife how she's doing and she says, fine, it sounds good. But you have to kind of read what she said. Now, there's different ways of saying fine. How are you doing, babe? Oh, fine, thanks. She's fine. How are you doing, babe? Fine. She might be. <laughs> she might not be. How are you doing, babe? Fine. She's not. <laughs> Neither are you. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands, and there's not many named angels, okay? I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. He says, but behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which were to be fulfilled in their own time. Wow. So we're hearing, how shall this be? I'm, I'm old. My wife, it seems like a reasonable statement. Um, but the, uh, the angel is able to read past those words. And what, this, what he's really saying is, um, I am old. My wife is old. It can't happen. I don't know how God could do this. So the angel hears the questioning not just of how it's going to come, but the fact that it's impossible. And he doesn't, basically, Gabriel says, you don't believe me. I came from God, and you don't believe me. I told you you're going to be rejoiced and have really glad hearts, but you don't believe that. I was just told you you're going to have a son who's going to be amazing, and he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And you just said, I, I don't see how that can happen. Because of my circumstances, I don't see how the promise of God can happen. And we connect the two. Oh, I, my past. 
It happened before. They ripped up a contract once. It'll happen again. And you wanted me to come and do that? No. I have a history of disappointment. And when the word of the Lord comes to me, I marry it with disappointment and I weigh it down. Let's see who wins. <clears throat> By the way, if you do, I was talking about the Greek there, but um, <clears throat> in, the, in the ancient Greek, uh, it was said that, that uh, Elizabeth, part of her rejoicing and gladness when she hears about this was because her husband was not going to speak for nine months. So, just saying. <laughs> okay. Behold, you'll be mute. Yes. Yes. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed and went to his own home. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. <sighs> she understood. She got it. She got it right away. I, it's just beautiful. Now, <clears throat> let's look. I want to look at the next one. Verses 26 to 33. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. Okay, i got to stop right there. I, I was, was reading. I was going through this the other day. I was kind of putting this together. I thought, you know, so they're up in heaven. And in the book of Daniel, there's the, the devil's horde is battling over what's going on. <clears throat> and God says, to Michael, Michael, you shall go down. Take your sword and fight. Michael, fight. And so Michael, he's the archangel. Gabriel is an angel sent by God. And I just, you know, I wonder if, if he has the same kind of situation that, that we feel ourselves. Somebody in a position that we'd like, I'd like to go fight the horde. Why does he always send me to deliver messages? Am I heaven's postman? Hey, Gabriel, I need you. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I don't know if he, he goes that. I just, I just thought about that. I thought, I wonder if Gabriel ever thought, I wish I could do more than just deliver a message. I wish I could fight. And it got me thinking, are we happy in the role and the gifting that God's given us? What if your role was to deliver messages over and over and over again? And what if your role was to deliver messages of encouragement? Just going through 1 Corinthians 14 the other day, speaking about prophecy. The main aspect of New Testament prophecy was to encourage the believer that's near you. That's it. It's not to give a, like what we have uh, on, and again, I'm not trying to, to fault it because I know some of these people and they're sweet, but I don't get my prophecies from Facebook. Today you shall have a financial breakthrough. They were right. My wallet had a rip and all my money broke through. It just, I don't know where it went. Have you ever? <laughs> Facebook prophecies. Oh, we could talk about that all day, but I won't. Um, I think God puts them in there sometimes at specific things for specific people. It's wonderful. Uh, but just don't make that the basis of your prophetic understanding, okay? The basis of our prophetic understanding is not the office of a prophet. It's each person, prophetically speaking, encouragement and life to one another. That is the essence of New Testament prophetic ministry. So if you look at your gift and go, oh, this one's over here. He's battling. You know, he, he or she is doing this. They're gifted here or there. You're the messenger from God who can deliver life-changing messages, Daily. That's why every now and then I just say linger. Why? Because if, if you're out this door so fast, you're never speaking life to anyone, nor is anyone ever getting a chance to speak life to you. Linger. God's got something for you. There's a whole lot of Gabriels in here. There's, I've met very few Michaels in my life, but let me tell you something. The Gabriels I meet, 
I love them. They're the ones that come along and they say, by the way, the Lord dropped something in my heart for you. Oh, thank you. I love those messengers. Don't ever look down if you want to be a Michael. And if you do, just go get a sword and slash at someone you don't like and see what happens. <laughs> it won't be that glamorous. Okay, never mind. Well, here's Mary. Now the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, just that experience. We just read it through because we've read it through so many times. There you are, hanging out in your house. You're single. You're betrothed to someone. The angel comes to you and says, oh, look at rejoice, you highly favored one. God is with you. Blessed are you among all others. Wow. <laughs> Having, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. You consider what manner of greeting is this? Wow. What does he mean? I, I, am a, I am a teenage girl in Nazareth. I'm just, I'm just a kid. And you're coming into my house. Where's mom and dad? They have no clue what's going on. No one knows what's going on. He's just come to me. And, you know, can I, if I can ask, uh, if you're a teenage girl, stand up. No, Dan, you're not a teenage girl. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All I wanted to do there is say, this is not a grown-up person. Now, it doesn't mean you're not wise. It doesn't mean you don't understand the word of the Lord and, and how to live life. It just means you haven't lived it long enough and then you're surprised that, no, this should be my mother. And sometimes when God comes to us and he wants to give us something great, we go, no, no, no you don't understand. This is who, that's probably for somebody else. So she's troubled by what he's saying. Not troubled in a bad sense, but she just doesn't fully understand. <clears throat> the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You should call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In all his kingdom, there will be no end. <laughs> I, I would be freaking. It, it, this is a lot to take in. So what? I'm going to have a son. and it's, it, it, you, it sounds like it's going to be any time. And he's going to be great, and he's going to be a, of, the, of the throne of David. It's going to come down through, and he's going to establish a kingdom that's forever, and it's going to happen through me. So she asked the question. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Well, what, what did Zacharias say? How shall I know this? It sounds like she's saying the same thing he said, but she gets a totally different response. How, how can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Wow. I'm going to bring forth the Son of God. Now, her response, is, is, it sounds the same, but she adds, I don't know a man. And so the angel confirmed with Zacharias the questioning of God's ability to do it. But when Mary says, how shall this be? She's getting a prophetic word from God. She's receiving a blessing from God. Her response is, is it's, again, it sounds the same, but it's radically different because she says, I don't want to dishonor the name of God by going out and doing something beyond what I should do as a virgin. I know how it works. Men and women come together, but that's not what's going on right now. And right now, <clears throat> I'm betrothed, but we're not together. 
We're not in the place where we can have a child. How is this going to happen that doesn't defame God? Very different response. Now, I know some may be looking, well, where does she say that? She says it because of the way he answers her. The way he answered Zacharias, he knew his heart and answered accordingly. The way that Mary says it this way is, how shall I know? I haven't known a man. I don't want to defame your name by going out and getting pregnant just so that I can fulfill the will of God. God loves Mary's heart. I put it this way. Hurt's heart's desire was to walk in integrity and not defame his name. And another way of saying it, okay, God, babies come from the union of a man and a woman. That's all I've ever known. I know you'll somehow do what you say you'll do. But just for the sake of curiosity, how's that going to happen? It's not ability of God. It's questioning the process so that God remains in a place where her life is not defaming him. That is beautiful. That is so pure. That is that's so lovely. Uh, <clears throat> and Hebrews 11.6, we, we know this, the scriptures, well, without faith it's impossible to please God. Mary responded with the faith that God will do it. Her question was not his ability. Her question was process. Her question uh, had to do with making sure that, that God's name uh, remains pure and holy. Zacharias was very different. He was questioning God's ability. How God, when God comes to us, and we have a question, I think sometimes we have to to look in our heart. Has my past so brought hurt to my soul that I cannot receive what God is bringing to me? Not receive it in a sense that God's going to do what he says he's doing, but I, I, I I don't pull it in and grab it and throw it into my heart because the past, the faith, the, the faithlessness of others, and even myself, has now jumped over to God, and I questioned his ability or his process. How you doing? Tired. Tired. Yeah, I hear you. <clears throat> that was the most honest thing I've heard all morning. How are you? I'm tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I just skipped over the line that goes to this page. Oh. Okay. I just read 11, Hebrews 11, 6, and then I went on a little side way and I forgot to come back. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's, a, there's a little part of verse 6 that says, uh, but he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We like that. But without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. Does that mean that if I'm lacking faith at a moment, God is not pleased with me? Ooh. I, I heard some preachers years ago say that. God's not pleased with you until your faith arises to the point where you can actually believe that God's going to do what he had to, had to do. Until then, he's not pleased. Holy buckets. Uh, if my kids and grandkids are, are questioning, my, my, you know, if they're working through something in the process, I don't suddenly say, you know what? You don't please me. You no longer please me. What do I have to do to please you? Have faith. Without faith, it's impossible for me to please, be pleased with you. Well, sorry, Dad. Sometimes we think that's what this means. It, that's not what it means. Would you like to know what it means? Oh, good. Again, I will tell you anyway. <clears throat> um, moving forward requires faith in anything. Moving forward requires faith. And to please God is the, it means that carried along with your faith is the pleasure of God. There's a pleasure of God Without faith, it's impossible. So he, what he responds to in, in a pleasure of God, which is literally the word favor. There's a favor that's attached to faith. 
So we move in faith, and he attaches a pleasure attached to it. Now, I love the, the scripture from uh, Psalm, I think it's Psalm 16. Uh, At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Attached to us moving in faith are the pleasures of God. Now, I want to read just a couple of little things. The right hand, at God's right hand, are pleasures forevermore. Well, what does that mean, the right hand? If you go through Scripture, and I've only got a couple of them here, the right hand of God is used metaphorically in Scripture to speak of God's strength. O Lord, your strength is majestic in power. At your right hand, O God, you have shattered the enemy. At your right hand, O God, you have guided and sustained your people in time of need. I can give you all the scriptures. At the right hand of God, O God, at your right hand, uh, there's a place of great honor and blessing. Jesus reigns at the right hand of God. And then when we move into the Old or New Testament, he says that we extend to you the what? The right hand of what? Fellowship. There's a power at the right hand of God. Where is it attached to? The pleasures of God. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. He wants to attach his pleasure and favor to your faith in receiving what he has to say. It's not a question of you displease him. It's moving in faith. He brings along the pleasure and the favor of God because we believe that he actually will do what he says he does. Here's the thing. Mary never questioned his ability. She was after the how. Zacharias was after and questioning God's ability. This Christmas, I don't know about you, when I was a little kid, it was all about receiving presents to the point where you would go into your parents' closet. You're already laughing. Why? What were you going to find in your parents' closet? Shoes? No. Gifts. The worst Christmas I ever had was going into my parents' closet and seeing the ones that were marked Chris. And then, with a bread knife, I was able to take away just enough of the tape, unfold it, to see what it was. And I had a moment of glory. And then I felt terrible because I had folded it all back, put it back in. And then when it was Christmas Day, oh, good, thanks. I already saw this. My joy was not there. I I just, I, I, I couldn't wait. Why? Because it was about what I get. And as I got older, as, as I went into my teens and in my 20s and was married and was able to give a gift to this woman that I love, and then kids came along, and I, I, I couldn't wait for them to open. It, it flipped. Something in me matured, and it flipped. And it wasn't about the gift. It was about watching the joy that I can give to somebody else. That's how the Father feels right now. He sent his son. He is here. It's the most beautiful gift. Here's the thing. God so loved the world that he gave. Well, it's not like, you know, he's up in heaven. Jesus, I got a surprise for you. Yep. There's a womb waiting for you. A room? No, a womb. He entered, nowadays, he entered the most dangerous place on earth. The womb of a girl. The most dangerous place. <clears throat> the thing is, the, that which God wanted to do, the willingness, God's willing to send his son, it was the same spirit that Jesus had who was willing to go. Continue to see the, the Spirit of God brooding and in heaven. Jesus, by the way, it's, it's a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl 
and you're going to go into, you're going to be a zygote. <laughs> yes, exactly. Look it up later. And then you're going to be an embryo. Then you're going to be a fetus. Then you're going to be a baby. And all through the whole thing, you have absolutely no control over what happens in your life. So when Jesus said yes, he says yes to giving up absolute control of everything for years. It's just amazing. It wasn't a simple, okay, good. It was knowing what's to come and still saying yes. <clears throat> Listen, I, I, how many here have a word of encouragement? Maybe it was a word of knowledge. Maybe it was a prophetic word that encouraged your heart. Let me hear it. Let me see it. Oh, no, no, come on. This, raise them up. Good, thank you. How many of you, keep them up as high as you can. <laughs> Amber is about to say, that's so great. She's, she's ooh. <laughs> okay, how many of you have some that are still unfulfilled? Look around. I, I, I didn't see, maybe one hand went down. Okay. Maybe it wasn't Gabriel that came to you. Maybe it was... And Caleb's gone. It, it wasn't Caleb either. <laughs> Maybe it was Tyler. Because no, I can't be. I my I have a a bum knee. I am I'm I'm weak. Yes, you are. And God is in you as strong as he is in anybody else. I don't know who came to you and maybe it was just in your heart. How many had a prophetic word that came to your heart, a word of knowledge that no man delivered but God delivered something to you? Raise your hand. Wow. It's about the same exact amount. My question to you in this Christmas season, what started Christmas out with two people with a word from God? One that questioned God's ability. I don't know why, but I suspect it's this. It wasn't just that she's an old woman, it can't happen. It's that my life is a series of disappointments. How can I expect at this point in time for me to fully believe that with the amount of evidence that's against me? And then on the other hand, he comes to Mary, and she says, actually in the, the last part of Chapter, chapter 1. <clears throat> Actually, I'm sorry, in verse 37, 38. For, the, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's how we get, that's how we receive what God gives us. We, we come to the point of not questioning God's ability Maybe we question the process, but don't go down the road of God's ability or inability because God will do what God said he'd do. There are a ton of hands that just went up. There are a ton of words that God has yet to fulfill. Well, will he do it? Will he just give it to somebody else? No, he won't give it to somebody else. How, what kind of a father is going to go, I'm struggling over here. Yeah, you are. You're struggling. It's been really hard. So the gift I gave you, I'm going to give it over here. A good father doesn't do that. But he's looking for people like Mary just to say, you know what? I don't understand how it's going to happen, but I believe you. I believe you. Matter of fact, be it done to me according to your word. However you want to do it, I don't care. If I have to look silly for a while, that's okay. We'll figure it out. Mary had to walk through a process at the time of being young and pregnant, and they had to figure it out, and they did. God gave them wisdom. He gave them understanding. He'll do the same for you. <clears throat> I, wanted, I know Philip had you raise some hands for a few people here this morning, but if you're here this morning and you're, you're in a place maybe a little like Zacharias, but maybe a little like Mary, of how is this going to happen? I've got this word from God. I, I, I'm getting older. I've got an amazing word 
No one, I, I went out to, to Reading. No one knew me. This prophetic team came over, and they gave me an incredible word. None of it. I said, do you know who I am? None of them knew. I loved it. It was an amazing word, and I, it's right there in my heart. And I don't share it. It's just, it's just there. And I look and go, I wonder how God's going to do this. It's, it's you know, it, it's not I wonder if God's going to do it. It's how God's going to do it. And the process of God fulfilling his word is always amazing. It's so fun to watch God fulfill his word in somebody's life. So if you're here this morning and your heart's a little tired of holding it in there because it's been there a long time, you're not sure how it's going to happen. Maybe you're, you're not even sure if it will happen. I want to have you stand this morning, if you're in that spot, carrying a word of God that has been unfulfilled and you, fo- you don't fully know the process and you're, you're trying to hold on and you want to hold on. Just stand if you would, if that's you. By the way, I'm standing. (laughs) You're brave ones. Thank you. Those around them, just go over and set a hand on them. Where two or three agree. If you see somebody standing and there's nobody there, go to them. And if you haven't stood yet, but you still have a prophetic word and you're, you're not sure, stand. It's not too late. Lord, I ask for the grace to imitate Mary. You say in Hebrews, to imitate those through faith and patience were able to inherit the promise. To imitate those who've inherited the promise. Wow. Okay. So we, we look at Mary and we say, how did that happen? She received it. She may didn't understand fully the process you wanted to do with her. But she believed that you were going to do it. Do it unto me according to your word. So Lord, we say that this morning for each one here. According to your word that you brought to them. Do that which you promised. Lord, for some, it can happen today. For others, there's a year or some years down the line. Some of the words you gave me years ago have just been fulfilled in the last few years. Yet you gave them to me in 1978. Wow. I thought you were on time, and you were. So according to your word, according to exactly how you want to do this, to each one who stood here this morning and needs you to come alongside to encourage their heart, that which has been hidden in our hearts, put your hand upon it. Begin to warm their hearts again to believe, not just in the promise, but in the goodness of God. We stand with them. We say, have your way according to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you guys. Some of you still have some more words that God wants to give. These aren't just words that have come. They are words that God yet has to give and will give. And I just want to encourage you, be like Mary. Receive them without a question of God's ability. You might have a question to the process, but not in God's heart. If you need prayer, I just want to invite the prayer team to come on up. We want to pray with you about anything else that's going on. You're a remarkable group of people, and I am grateful God brought me to this place because I think a lot of you are very cool. (laughs) Keith is the prayer team today, so everybody line up in front of Keith. Oh, here they come. Okay. Okay, Keith on this side, John on this side. There we go. Oh, Amanda. 
you were mouthing something to me. I have no clue what you were saying. Uh, you know what? Let's stand. We've got tables for you out there. Linger out there. But do me a favor. Just hold on to somebody next to you. Grab a hand. Sometimes, here we go. Sometimes God uses us to fulfill the promise to someone else. A mom and dad create finances and food for that table. The Lord promises that, kids, I'm going to take care of you. And for a season, he uses mom and dad. Sometimes he uses us, and sometimes he gives us insight into somebody else's life, and we drop something into their hand in a handshake, or we come alongside them and let them know how deeply God loves them and cares for them. So, Lord, I just ask that you would equip each of us to be Gabriels in others' lives, to be a hand, to be an arm, to be a shoulder, to be a wallet, whatever way. And I'd bless this group. And we come into the last week before Christmas. Help us to keep our eyes on that which is in your heart, which is God gave. Let us be people that give. I know we'll receive in the process, but let our hearts first be a heart to give. And I bless this group. Let them have a wonderful week and enlarge our capacity to know your affection. That's the greatest gift we can ever have. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org. Thank you.